welcome back to the Fempass Podcast. My name is Kia. And I'm Janaya. And happy Bi Visibility Day and Month. Yes, I'm so excited. Happy, happy. The best way to celebrate this wonderful day about all those amazing bi people out there is to support two bi women. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and stop what you're doing. Give us a rate. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think about our season so far. And yeah, I just want to say thank you guys for supporting us. You all are amazing. And yeah, go support your local buy today. So how are you doing today, Janaya? I am good. Today has been like a chill, cool day. So I'm feeling all right. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I feel like a little drain, you know, mm-hmm. like... I can't believe like we actually do used to do this nine to five stuff like <laughs> in real life though. <laughs> Why did we actually do this? Coronavirus made me actually miss you know nine to five, and then when I started working again, I'm like, what the hell did we used to do? What I did we sign it. up for? I know the yeah. things we'll do for money. Today we're gonna start the podcast talking about some queer news because I just feel like. There has been a lot of queer shit going on. Definitely. And we just want to fill y'all in. Mm-hmm. So first off, Andrew Gillum. I hope I'm not saying his name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was in a major race in Florida. He's a Florida Democrat. Mm-hmm. He did yeah, not win his race. I about that. He came out as bi. Wow. Um, about a week ago, I have conflicting feelings about this because the circum the circumstances around how he came out yeah. was basically there was this big, I guess you can call it a scandal, where he was like caught in, in some- a hotel room, right? Yes, no. with yeah. like okay. gay men. Um, oh, see, I didn't drugs. know about that one. I didn't. I didn't know he was. Well, I guess he just came out, but I right. knew about them catching him in the hotel and i heard mm-hmm. the whole thing he was drunk and mm-hmm. there may or may not have been drugs right but i did not know that there was also gay men involved too. i mean i hope i'm not embellishing that but that was like the tea <laughs> yeah. like that was yeah. the tea whenever yeah. this was kind of talked about my oh, was like where okay, it is okay. you know or they're, they're saying i don't think it was necessarily like verified <laughs> but yeah. now i think that i'm pretty sure they were because it's kind of forced him okay and mind you he i'm pretty sure he's married and he has a wife oh. um so this kind of forced him to kind of acknowledge that part it was yes. like live yeah. on wow. i forget the this is crazy. TV news show, yeah. It, it kind of sucks, though, being forced out because, I mean, maybe his loved ones already, you know, knew this. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, now his wife got to kind of deal with the public, probably ignorance. And I know. And it's kind of like just, like, reopening because he already had his day in the media where he looked the fool. Yes. But now it looks even, you know, it looks worse. And that's just, yeah. I, I feel for her. And I feel for him, too. Just a little bit, though, you know. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. Sending him well wishes. And just, I hope we can get out of this drama so we can just get to the damn politics and get to that drama. Because we got lives on the line. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and other queer news. So, first episode, I briefly mentioned Queerious TV. This, mm-hmm. like, queer YouTube show. Yeah. Now, we all know that it just be these really crazy... Not well, you know, plots not well put together type yeah. shows. Yeah. But I mentioned how it was shot beautifully and, you know, it's just like drama and like wanting yeah. to see it. They finally released the season finale that motherfuckers have been waiting on for like months. They just stopped 
because it costs money you know what i'm yeah. saying so they just kind of like stopped putting it out and they finally released the finale <laughs> oh my gosh it was a good it was as good as it could be. It was as good as it I could be. I support my people, okay? As good as it could be. That's all That's that all matters. Yeah, support your people. I'm going to go check it out. I yeah, you should. It. I want to hear yeah. what you think. Okay, you okay. okay. definitely. definitely. Um, next up is Punky Johnson. Yes. The first, this, is, this is happy. This makes me happy. Yes. The first lesbian um, comedian to be cast on SNL, black lesbian, openly black lesbian. Yeah. To be cast as a member. Yes. I'm excited. I'm excited. And you know one thing that I really like about her is that not that she is not straight passing, but she is kind of like, she gives me like lots of like mask vibes. Mm -hmm. Like she presents a little bit more mask. Mm -hmm. And it is a different vibe. And I'm really excited to see what her character brings to the table. Like I'm really, I want to see who her impersonation are. I want to see who they make her be. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited about that one. It gives them more range to be Definitely. To be fair. Frank, like, yeah. and honestly, she gonna bring in hella black gays just yes. off the fact that, like, yes. she got this legendary moment. Um, yeah. I want, hopefully, they bring in, like, more queer, um, like, celebrity gossip kind of news into SNL. Into SNL, right. That would be really cool. I don't know if I'm hopeful for that, but I would like that. Well, now they have, like, they have, they can do it now because right. they have a Somebody. actor or actress who does that. Yeah. And so it opens the gates for that. Yeah. And now they, you know, they have, they're supporting someone like that so they can do that more. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. We will see. We'll check we'll back see. in on definitely. that on the pod yeah. because, yeah, I love SNL. So this is going to make me, me too. Yeah, definitely. more excited. Next up is Barbados announced a plan for a referendum on same sex marriage. Mm-hmm. Now, this is just a huge deal because, you know, we in the Caribbean, yeah. right? And we, as much as there is homophobia everywhere, like it's, it's very, pointed in the Caribbean and it can just be like incredibly dangerous for queer people and like just the living conditions and how it's just really sad. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So it wasn't necessarily, it has to be voted on by the public. So it hasn't necessarily been decided upon yet, but I think that it's dope that their government is acknowledging. That's really good. I'm so happy to hear that. Yes, yes, yes. And finally... If you listen to episode one, a lot of this is tying back to episode one, which I like. Um, We kind of talked about pride in Chicago and kind of how there was this moment of calling out racism and black and and queer spaces in general. Mm -hmm. Calling out specifically a lot of anti-black racism. And in Drag Race, for all people who like love RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. A lot of us who are stands know that just the racism from white folks is it's like out of control it feels like every day there's a new black queen saying i'm taking a break from social media given all these things that have been said about me from literally white fans of the show they really like antagonize black queens we know that black queens on drag race have way less they may have a lot of followers but compared to white followers like they don't get the same amount of following like it's so fucked up and it's just like an easy example of the racism there i have been waiting on rupaul to acknowledge this that is one of my like things that I'm nervous that I feel bad about about loving the show is like it feels like he was. It's your doing. guilty pleasure. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like yeah. like why don't you do anything about this? You know. Yeah. And um, RuPaul has Drag Race has released a public service announcement to fight racism with a lot of Black queens, 
And that made me happy. I haven't watched it yet. But just knowing that, I'm like, it's a step in the right direction. Because you Definitely. need to let your fans know Definitely. that, like, it's without them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of nasty to be, you know, receiving support from people like that and kind of not setting those rules. Exactly. Um, I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, like in our first episode, but it really is kind of crazy to me how we all know that trans culture is rooted in black culture and a lot of black icons, a lot of black trans women and men really set the tone for trans culture and we're still setting the tone. Well, they are still setting the tone Mm -hmm. and it just upsets me that how could people who are so prominent and so important to a culture um, be belittled and, you know, divided. And it's just, it's just crazy to me. I just, it just makes me upset. It's trash. It's trash. trash. But hopefully this is a step in the right direction. Yeah. You know, like definitely we'll see. We'll see. Um, That's it for queer news. So let's go ahead and get into the episode. So this episode is all about the work. Place. Dun, dun, dun. Queer in the workplace. Queer in the workplace. <laughs> so we are going to talk about our work history, what's it like being queer and femme and at work and all those kinds of things. So Janae, do you want to start off and tell us about your work history, what you do and kind of how, kind of like your college years? Mm, yeah. So I'm a writer and that the thing about writer is it's so like, broad I guess like as much as people don't want to pay writers you need writers for like corporate type writing exactly um for copywriting for marketing things like you every place needs a writer so in my personal writing like freelance writing where I kind of get the freedom Mm -hmm. to like write about my life or what I'm going through that has been an outlet for me because in, in those spaces I can just automatically be que- like be queer. A lot of times what I'm writing about, you, you can't avoid the part of me that's queer. So that kind of yeah. comes up in my writing. So that's nice. But I think in the real world, we know like those corporate jobs is what gets you more money. That's <laughs> where the bank is at. Right. And so, I mean, in college, I worked for my, co- my university's um, College of Public Health. And that was a nice job. I mean, it was small and nice. And I definitely was not out to, like, my coworkers. And it's interesting because people I work with were literally two people. We sat in the same office. It was, like, very intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, I'm at a PWI, so I'm the only black person. So, I mean, I kind of just feel like they found out I was queer because basically before I left – um, that college town and graduated, we had like some type of staff event or something. And I brought my partner at the time. And I think it was kind of like, oh, <laughs> like I just popped oh. up with this very visibly masked person. <laughs> um, and <laughs> so, th- I mean, that's funny, but I just, I don't know. I've never, in those really like corporate spaces, I never feel the need to address that because in them corporate type jobs, you, I feel like you're putting on a mask anyway. Anyway. So, yeah. It's just like, and but the people I work with there were very sweet though. Like yeah. I can't even say I feel like they judged me or made anything about me. They were really nice people. Right. And one in my head, one of our heads was queer, so I feel like it was fine. But I mm-hmm. think I felt kind of like, damn, they're like she black and she gay. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, that's how it is. That's how it is. <laughs> how about you, Kia? Honestly, it was kind of similar. So, um, a lot of you guys know I am in the field of education. I'm a teacher, and in college. 
I was pretty out, but as we talked about before, because I am, you know, straight passing, because I like to represent myself in a way that, you know, is um, okay with society, a lot of people didn't know that I was gay. But if they asked me, like, or they asked about, oh, are you in a relationship? Do you have a boyfriend? Mm. I would say, like, I have a girlfriend. (laughs) And I went to a, a small school. I went to a small college. And it wasn't really that big of a deal. Um, Nobody ever really, like, made me feel any kind of way. I think, and no one ever, and you would think because we were all education majors, people would look at me crazy, like, oh, you're gay and you want to be a teacher? Mm -hmm. Like, but nobody really did any of that. I think we were just really close. I Like, I had a very small cohort. But people did know. And at, like, school events, like, I was a part of uh, Kappa Delta Pi, like, an honor society, and SEA, which is, like, the Educational Association. Um, I was a leader on both of those organizations, and we had to have these events, and I wanted my partner to come with me. And so, you know, she was there, and a lot of my professors and, like, you know, peers, they didn't really treat me any type of way but there was definitely the same way where it was like oh okay Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) like Mm -hmm. oh she's you know oh okay that's who you you know people who don't really know me right but I mean I didn't have a bad experience in college but no one ever really said anything to me but it definitely I was the only one I think there might have been one other girl who was also queer and she came out at the very end and she was like you know you really inspired me to come out and everything so Aww. yeah it was nice mm-hmm. but i was pretty much alone for the most of college yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's really interesting because i kind of think that like sometimes i wonder how much better the work will be if we if you felt like you could like fully be yeah yourself like not saying not to be like oh my work talking about how i'm queer all day yeah <laughs> but like um like my current workplace is actually a very queer it, it's not a queer place it's not a queer organization whatsoever mm-hmm. it just so happens that like hella people are queer mm-hmm. um and it's like really freeing in that sense mm-hmm. because it's kind of like i don't worry about yeah there's no anxieties about that yeah. you know obviously i'm still black and that brings its yeah. own things but, like, there's definitely no anxiety around queerness or, like, I think that, like, if COVID wasn't happening and it was to be something, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I have to bring somebody or something. It would just be like, oh, whatever. Like, yeah. that's, like, the culture. And I hella wish even these corporate places would. Yeah. Get with the program. Get with the program and have the <laughs> culture. Yeah. <laughs> so what about, like, your first job? Did you feel like... At your very first job, being straight out of college, being queer, being black, how did that, how did you navigate that? Yeah, honestly, it's kind of just like navigating as it comes up. Like, I'm going to be real, because it's kind of just like, you get these pamph, I've had, I feel like I've had a range of jobs, and you know, everybody has to do like, we're an equal opportunity employer, (laughs) and like, yada, 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 yada. Like, like, sure, Jan. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I just kind of feel like. It's always come out naturally. Like I mentioned, one of my partners I met at my job. And then my job was like on campus. So this person would just kind of pop up sometimes. I need to grab this. Or can I meet you at work? And it would just be like whatever. Mm -hmm. Because it was just like a regular store job. Yeah. And then that kind of led me to kind of them finding out that I was queer. And it was just kind of like just naturally being outed. So it hasn't been rough in that way. Um, I definitely think 
moving from college, moving out of college and just like fully working and being a young person, kind of more so those challenges feel like because yeah. um, young folks don't necessarily take you as seriously. Exactly. They don't. <laughs> they don't. They yeah. Don't. They definitely don't. What's your experience been? I don't know. Like I just, I started working last year in my very first job as a teacher and academia you guys academia education is hard and it's hard because um i feel like there's all of these expectations on you of what you should be like and how you shouldn't be like and there's so people don't realize it but education is a very political field it is very political and there are so many things that you kind of have to watch what you have to say or what you have to do and so my first job I the job I'm still at I have not really completely came out Mm -hmm. um and I hate to say it and it's something that makes me a little insecure Mm -hmm. um I hate that I fear it Mm. like I hate that I'm scared to like I hate that and not that if somebody were to ask me, I would lie about it. I wouldn't lie about it. I would tell the truth. I would say, you know, I have a partner and blah, blah, blah. But I think I don't put myself in places to be asked. Mm. I don't socialize. With, okay. I try not to. Yeah. I try not to. It's so hard. I don't socialize. I don't do any of that stuff because I don't want to be put in a position where someone says, oh, Miss Taylor, you know, Oh, is your your that is that ring on your finger? Are you married? I literally like hide. <laughs> I hide in my classroom sometimes because I don't want people to talk to me. Like I don't want them yeah. to ask, and it's not. I'm sure that it's not that bad. Like it wouldn't be that big of a deal. And I kind of have come out to a couple of people, mm-hmm. but I just hate that outside of work. I am so proud and I'm so loud. And mm. everyone and a mama know, and I don't have a problem with it. Right. But for some reason, and I think it's because it's education, because I have to every day I have to go to work and I have to be this leader. I have to be I have to be the leader for young children, and people kind of feel a ways about queer people around children. Kids. It's yeah. a thing. It's yeah. such a thing. And it, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Like people. Some people can be very finicky, can be very, mm. you know, political about children around queer people. And that's something mm-hmm. that I think that's the thing that scares me the most, I think. Like, like, like you might be rejected. Yeah. Um, And there'd be like a, like a parent or something. Yes. Like you, yeah. It's kind of like that blindfold. Like, you don't have to know as long as you don't say anything. Don't say you anything. just focus on yeah. the work. But then it becomes much harder if you were yeah. to find out that, oh, there was a parent that felt this way or a teach another coworker. Coworker, absolutely. Yeah. But I think even, like how you mentioned, that's the insecurity for you. I think that speaks more about the culture of that space than it does, yeah. than it ever would speak about you. Yeah. Um, Because if we keep it a buck, I mean, a lot of times, I know how you say like, it's definitely as political, but then also it's like, they, a lot of workspaces create this idea that it's a no judgment zone yeah so they'll try to make it seem like you know um there will be no judgment to you you know like you should just be left alone right um and we just know that sometimes that's not always true it's not always true worst part about it is that i think there are queer people at my job it pro- 
Low there, key. No, but the thing is, there are people who present, and I'm like, this person, I know it. They I gay. know it. <laughs> and you know, I got, good, I got a good, I got a good, I got a good I have a pretty accurate gator. I would say mm-hmm. 95% of the time, it's always right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know, and I hate the fact that, like, because I do know, I don't want them to feel like, oh, like they don't, they can't be open, you know. Like, Mm -hmm. in the real world, outside of work, like, I love my job, I love what I do, but outside of work, I want to be the type of person that people come out to, that people Mm -hmm. feel comfortable going to, to. you know? Like, I want to be that person that's, like, I have a safe place with her, and I want to be that at work, but I'm like, oh, if I do that, I'm going to out myself, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, whatever. But I know for it in my heart that they're gay. And it's just, like, it kind of bugs me, because I'm like, I just want to be myself. And a little bit of this, it kind of goes back to a little bit of us being young at work. Because I'm the youngest person Mm -hmm. at my job. I'm one of the youngest people at my job. And that's another thing that kind of, like, is a thing because I'm so young. I don't want people to judge me and they already don't take me serious because I have a baby face and they don't (laughs) believe that I'm old enough to be your teacher. But like, that's, I think that's another part of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. At first off, I think though, it would be so amazing if you, I don't think you're lying though. You know what I mean? I think sometimes when it's like, oh, we haven't come out yet, it feels like we're lying because people don't know everything. Yeah. When it's just like, well, maybe it'll naturally, maybe it'll naturally come up. Yeah. And then you can create That's that fair. community because other folks may just probably be just as like nervous as nervous. you due yeah. to the involvement of yeah. kids. That is true. That is true. Uh. It's just such a thing. And then also like, I want to be that for my kids. Like I mm. teach a pretty young grade. My, I don't, I don't necessarily think that the grade that I teach kids would be, you know, trying to come out and, you know, need that safe space. But if that's the case, I want to be there. And you guys, like, I have books. I have queer books. I have an all are welcome poster in my classroom. Like, I Aww. make an effort. Like, if you come into my classroom <laughs> and you look at my library, mommy, mama, and me, come on now. <laughs> they am like, this, this teacher, hmm interesting you know yeah i have like pride books and i have books Aww. about stonewall and i have books with like transgender children and i have books about like oh there's this one great book that i have it is about it's about this little girl and the book is called jack not jackie and it's about this little girl who wants to be called jack and mm-hmm. she does not want to wear dresses anymore mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to you know play with dolls anymore like she wants mm-hmm. to do things that boys do and mm-hmm. it's about how her and her family kind of have this conversation and they kind of transition Jackie into Jack. Mm-hmm. It is such a good, like, children's yeah. picture book. Like, oh, my God, I, it just makes my heart so happy. And you're making your change in that way. You know yeah. what I'm saying, too? I yeah. feel like you have to acknowledge those small impacts because, yeah. I mean, think about us. We have, a lot of us have strong memories from childhood. Yes. Whoever, like, you know... At that time, I didn't realize this, but, like, looking back, this thing helped yeah. me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's beautiful. I still think that you're making change, even though you don't feel, Thanks. you know, like it because you're not, like, out. I feel like over time I will be out. Because yeah. there is one thing that I just cannot tolerate, and that is not being true to myself. Like, if you know me, you know my platform, I, mm. everything about me is just being genuinely me. Yeah. And eventually I probably will come out and we'll have a – at work 
and mm. it'll be a whole nother thing. I'm telling you guys, we talked about this before in other episodes, but like being queer, you are constantly coming out every single day. You're coming out to somebody. You're coming out to the world in a different way. Yeah. You're, it's just every person you meet, you have to come out to. And it, yeah. it can be a little, it can be a struggle sometimes. Yeah very annoying like sometimes you do just want to have gay on your forehead and get it over with yeah so you don't have to fucking talk about it yes i just want to put a big old cue right here and just right. like look at me i'm queer y'all right take it or leave it right i i definitely relate when you talked about being young at work yeah um for me i think it's just a sense of i don't think age equates skill it does not but also, this is just the economy that we live in. Like, and it it's fucked up. It, it doesn't, doesn't like, sense. it's literally just like, <laughs> folks are going to fight for you to not really, I feel like, get your fair share. Because you're young. Because you're young. Even though you may have a literal, like, portfolio and just, like, repertoire to speak to mm-hmm. what you do. Even though you're meeting and exceeding mm-hmm. results. It comes down to the money, and I just kind of feel like that. It is. Ageism. Because, yeah, I think this is the first time in my life I could say I, I, I have an understanding of, like, ageism. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so bad. It's like you just get ridden off because you're in your 20s. And it's like, I get that I have a lot of life to live and, like, all these things. But, like, let's talk about right now what's on the table. Exactly. Right now. And folks don't want to folks don't want to do that. And, and the crazy part about it is that probably in the next 10 years, instead of having a bachelor's, you're going to need a master's for an entry-level position. You know what I'm saying? Like, how many young people, there are so many young people right now who are like, I have my bachelor's and I cannot find a job because I need my master's. Mm -hmm. And, like, all these young people with all of our education experience, but because we have not worked for longer than 10 plus years, our experiences and our, I feel like sometimes... People who are good at their job, they have an innate ability. Some people have innate characteristics that -hmm. will make them amazing at a job. Mm -hmm. But because they're young, they're passed over or because they don't have the certification or whatever. And I just think it's not fair. And it's like at one point, at what point? Because at one point, a bachelor's degree was it. Like if you had your bachelor's, you were set. You were going to make, you know, you were going to be middle class for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But you have a bachelor's degree and it's basically like having a preschool diploma at this point. Yeah. And I just think it's all going to tumble and crash. Like, it's yeah, just because it like, when you like when you just said, like, you're going to have to have a master's degree for entry position. Like I look at so many, especially me being in the field of writing and like journalism, oh, you yes. see so many positions and even outside of journalism, like, and folks be just kind of airing people out on Twitter. You see these job positions where they literally do say they like they you need a master's degree Absolutely. to be making like forty thousand a year, and it's that's just like scary. that's entry level, and it's like folks who just need it obviously are gonna pay for that. But even just getting a bachelor's, there is like access is an issue. Absolutely. Like as much as there are many of us who have degrees there are also many of us and i just can think about folks i went to high school with who were not able to finish their credits because of money who technically done but just need like one more class but they don't Mm -hmm. have the thousands of dollars for the one class like so even now i'm just like at some point it's only gonna be back to a sliver of people who can like get this quote-unquote master's degree because that those costs out the bachelor's degree is out the ass yes so (laughs) oh my god and there's only so much debt 
Yes, there's this episode on, I don't know if you guys watch the Patriot Act on Netflix. Oh, his name is like Hassan. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I can't say his last name. His name is Hassan. Mm-hmm. But he has an episode on the college experience and how if in the next 10 years, if we don't get, um, if we don't take the money out of colleges, like the capitalistic, if... If schools are not, I don't even know how to say this. I kind of know how to say this. But basically, like, (laughs) capitalism is in education. And we have to take it out for, like, the good of everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, for the good of everyone. And so just go watch that episode. The Patriot Act with Hassan. Don't know his name. Watch that episode. It's really good. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of like at some point, nobody's going to be qualified for this job listing. No. And then it's just going to be like, you're going to have to lower you're gonna what have you're to. expecting yes. out of folks. And I think it just take away, too, the idea that a lot of people can learn things if you just show them. Yeah. Honestly, I would think about all the damn classes I took that just didn't inform nothing about my career. Nope. Like, people can learn things also if we just train them. And yeah, I think that we definitely. don't give enough credit, credit to that. Yeah. What are some ways, because you spoke a lot about your experience Mm -hmm. in education, um, what are some ways you think that, like, workspaces could be more inclusive for, like, queer folks and young folks and folks all in between and both? Oh, I think this is a good one. I think one of the things that workspaces could be more inclusive, and this may have to come in, like, a training form or, like, a form or like a community thing but I think taking the assumptions out of social interactions Mm. like giving training to people on how to not assume about people like when you talk about people's partners like if you see someone has a wedding ring on instead of saying like oh you're married uh let me see a picture of your wife maybe you could say oh you're married can I see a picture of your spouse or your partner like using like inclusive language you know or like um maybe like when we greet and introduce each other maybe we could just start with pronouns like out the bat yes like Mm. hey my name is kia my pronouns are she her what are your pronouns you know like Mm -hmm. just making it a normal thing to ask people what they prefer Mm -hmm. you know or what they what they want to be called by or, or how they want to interact with you it just makes it like all the difference and like including that in normal conversations yeah yeah i agree I agree. I also think making space for those social settings at work in general. Yes. I get it. Like, you don't want to always be friends with people that you work with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely 100% get that. Mm -hmm. But also, I think that, like, it becomes easier to kind of find who you kind of vibe with. And it provides a relief, first off, from the work. It helps you get to know somebody as a person to where Mm -hmm. maybe you can start to understand why they act certain way, you know, why they behave certain ways, why they work in certain formats, things like that. Like getting to know them better can just make you feel comfortable to want to even just share certain yeah, things. Definitely. And when you let other people share first, you end up finding those commonalities unintentionally. And I think those can help too, just like work retreats or like work, like having a person or some type of organization who kind of does like team building, yeah, kind of like come that'd be in really cool. and just get, yeah, just get you to open up at least for that 
time period. Yeah, you know? how to build like community culture. Yeah, you know, like so the that... culture of this place, or like how to become have a open and you know inclusive environment like like having a company come in and like set the tone for that that would be really cool we should start a business girl (laughs) i'm so serious like (laughs) Like, that would be such a thing like that would be a really good and especially in this like time and space it is so needed because i feel like even like people who are like our bosses or stuff like that like they have their own life experiences and you know the people who are running these places they probably don't necessarily know how to even approach it Mm -hmm. and i think that's like the thing with a lot of people like people want to be inclusive yeah they just don't know Uh how to go about it and how to be you know how to do it the right way because they're scared that they're going to do it the wrong way or you know they might say something offensive but like i applaud people who at least try Try. yeah and some people don't even know which is sadly like i feel like too when you're coming from like us we're black and queer like when you're coming from marginalized yes communities we are kind of inherently we know how we've been treated so we're kind of more sensitive and interested in knowing more things you know what i'm saying yeah and i think that's too when you work with folks a lot of times who were who don't come from marginalized communities at all mm-hmm. it sucks but sometimes they do really terrible things and truly don't have any idea exactly this is what that they're doing something wrong at all and they don't mm-hmm. really have to care because nobody has made them care exactly and it doesn't affect them so why should they care right you now that's yeah. the mentality that they have yeah yeah death behind the scenes of these workplaces yeah definitely so what around. could an an individual do though like before like Mm. outside of like the work like what could you do as a person to be inclusive yeah i think you need to find your people yeah work yeah like i have always felt better when i at least have one person who i know got me yeah like when you feel like everybody is like turning it back on you or everybody is giving you a hard time or like you can't be yourself with mm. nobody. Yeah. I if it, it it's kind of reassuring when you have like at least, at least one, one person, person that yeah. you like ask to hang out and do stuff outside of work. Oh yeah, for and sure. And so for me that helps cuz then I don't feel like I'm going into work like blindsided or like nobody knows who I am or or like yeah, just com- completely feeling like that you're you, you who you are as a person is just completely unknown. Yeah. And also, I just kind of want to note that, like, I know we're in a pandemic, but if you're miserable at your job, like, you are, like, the only person, like, you just, your mental health is going down the drain. Go find a new job, sis. Go if find a new try. job. If you can't. If you can't. It's hard you know, I know we're in a pandemic, but if it's that bad, like, if it's causing you, like, mental grief like we gotta search elsewhere because no one wants to be beaten down and the only one in their jobs yeah now we're gonna transition to the last segment of the show yes that's homophobic refresher for folks who haven't listened to past podcasts that's where we talk about some shit that just should not be a fucking thing. It shouldn't be a fucking that thing. That pisses us off. That's it just makes a fucking so inconvenience. <sighs> Go for it, Kia. Okay. That's homophobic for Okay. You. So, for my that's homophobic, it might be actually homophobic. But I think... <laughs> it- 
That's but fine. I think it's funny. I think it's kind of funny. And like the way that I, the way that I think about it, it's funny. So for my that's homophobic, I was in the car, right? Mm-hmm. I was, you know, coming home from work. Um, you know how you just excited. You got that energy. You just like, yeah, I'm pumped. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to music. <laughs> this song come on the radio and it immediately makes me want to shake ass. Okay. I'm like, this it. This the song. Like, this mm-hmm. is a bop. Like, I'm here for it. It's getting me all hype. I'm eh, girl, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm getting out to this song. And the song is, <laughs> I don't know if I want to say the song. Cause it's so ratchet. But, <laughs> okay, come on now. <laughs> it's, here <laughs> it is the song, um, Then Leave by Beat King and Queendom Come. Queendom Come. Okay. It's, it's a ratchet ass club song mm-hmm. but i was like oh my god this is the first time i'm hearing this this shit this shit hot or whatever mm-hmm. so i'm in my car grooving around and then she say something so homophobic the one line the one line mm-hmm. and i'm like my whole demeanor stops i'm like <laughs> god damn <laughs> can't have nothing god damn no i can't have nothing and i think that's just super fucking homophobic why do all of these bops gotta have some homophobic in it yeah like i'm just upset i just want to throw ass why you gotta be homophobic now see now i gotta change the lyrics or not support you and your work because you don't say something and i just think it's funny and super homophobic because i still want to shake ass i mean that's homophobic and kind of you figure out what's right for you because i'm just like we know too many artists who low-key truly is homophobic or have said some terrible ass shit and we still love the song it's just reality it's It's just just annoying it's so annoying because you don't want to listen to it no more, no more. you done yeah. with it like, like i was my in the shit, car though. done like i was like damn bitch why you say that now i can't now i can't i'm gonna still listen to it i'm gonna just change the lyrics y'all go listen to <laughs> <laughs> go listen to that song and i want y'all to leave the comment which <laughs> which lyric i was talking about no i feel the same way about um dior by pop smoke yeah. The part where he like when niggas is gay, it just be like okay. Oh I God, literally okay. listen. I get to that point and I be like okay, I can because I don't even love it, but it's just like my shit. And then I get there and I be like, damn, you just be blown. Yeah, you just be blown. It's kind of like I love Chick Fil A chocolate chip cookies, mm-hmm. but they homophobic as hell. Yeah, and I'm like, damn, like why y'all cookies gotta be so damn good, but yeah. you gotta be so damn homophobic. Yeah, that's so homophobic. Yeah, really, but also funnily homophobic. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I feel girl, you. One hundred percent. Um, so my that's homophobic ain't technically homophobic, homophobic, but I low key wanted to be homophobic. You do? I'm I want sure people is. to separate themselves from this and just stop doing this shit. So my that's homophobic is for trauma bonding, and maybe not necessarily trauma bonding, but folks, how queer folks I feel try to bond so swiftly based on their trauma. So, like, trauma bonding technically, like, the real, I'm not a psychologist, y'all. Yeah. This is just my experience. It's just kind of like, a lot of times in abusive relationships, like, being stuck in those unhealthy patterns and kind of bonding with a person Mm -hmm. based on these kind of really fucked up things that are happening, you just start to believe that this is love and this is is my thing. And you kind of get tighter. Yeah. Around those unhealthy practices. Yikes. The way I'm thinking about it for queer folks, though is how I feel like a lot of times we build community based on like similar experiences, right? So whether that be family and then we kind of build family with each other and things Mm -hmm. like that. A issue I have (laughs) is I feel like some queer folks are really fast to want to know your whole life story or like know your trauma and can kind of 
feel like that can be a like healthy foundation for a friendship or like a relationship and it really grosses me out well not gross but yeah kind of grosses me out because it's not healthy it's not okay we don't owe our trauma to everybody or to nobody at all damn bitch why you so loud (laughs) (laughs) why you so damn loud yeah i'm sorry and i know we be so ready like yeah but I and I think that come with kind of you hauling, you know. That's what, that's how you get to moving so fast when you instantly share every single thing that's happened to you. Yeah. And I'm just at a point in my life. I mean, I have never been into that. Yeah. I'm the type of person where I need to trust you. Yeah. I need to know who you are. What are yeah. you about? Can I tell you my deepest darkest secrets, that's and then can true. we be friends or be anything else? And I think that folks need to not stop taking people who don't want to just release their trauma yeah. when they barely know you. Yeah, don't take it personal. True. Everybody not interested in that. Yeah, that's super homophobic. Very that's homophobic. So, we need to make so it gay. homophobic. We it's to, so gay. It's it? not gay. It's so but gay. It is gay. It's really so gay. And I don't want it's it to be gay no gay more. Thing. I want better for us. I really do. Because when you bond off trauma, that shit don't last. Oh my I'm sorry. God. We all got trauma, but you got to have more than that. <laughs> and when you come out the gates with it, girl, I just don't think that it's a good idea. Bitch, the Pisces in me, she a little hurt. She a little hurt. I'm, I'm, not, gonna I'm not sitting there. I'm not sitting there. Yeah, I'm just bitch. saying, we need to evolve past this. Yeah. We better no, than I this. I hear you. I hear you. We better than this. It's we so are more funny. than our trauma, and that's just we period. We are. Yes. So, you want to know that shit about me? You got to know the yes. great parts about me first. We are more than our trauma. Yeah. That's a good place to end right there. Yeah. We're more than our trauma. Yes. Yeah. So thank y'all for listening. Please stop and share something about the podcast. Yes. Rate us, review us where you listening. Peace. Bye guys. Bye. See you.